0: Christian cinema criminal justice system, faith-based offenses are considered especially heinous. In God's Not Dead 2, the dedicated directors who exaggerate these fairly innocuous lawsuits are members of an elite squad known as the Flix Film Department. These are their stories. The year is 2016. An extremist zealot high school AP history teacher Grace Wesley is indoctrinating her students with religious propaganda by answering a question asked by a student about nonviolent resistance as being influenced by Christianity. Her heinous felony does not go unpunished, and swift justice comes from the Board of Education, which leads to her trial in the courtroom, where she is defending herself from the extremist for the extremist proselytizing which she has exhibited in a public space. Her, her slick lawyer must use trickery and underhanded deception in order to keep her from the clutches of the law. <laughs> Watch as those who brought you God's Not Dead 1 bring a totally unbiased and faithful representation of the most violent and harrowing persecution in the world today, God's Not Dead 2 Resurrection.
1: Welcome to the God's Not Watching Podcast, where we review Christian movies so bad that even God himself wouldn't be caught watching them. We're back, baby. This episode, we're we're talking about 2016, God's Not Dead 2. I'm your host, Jeremy, and these are my co-hosts. Lachlan, a.k.a. The Professor.
2: Hello, everybody. Class is in session. Jay, a.k.a.
1: a failed youth pastor. Man, I'm so bitter (laughs) right now. (laughs) And Tristan, a.k.a. Mr. Christian Mingle, Mr. (laughs) Christian Dating
0: Advice Uh, Consultant. Mr. Christian finally got himself a woman. That's God bless. God God bless.
3: Bless. Sure Mm. did. Bless up.
0: Very good.
1: All right, so 2016's God's Not Dead 2. Uh, this is a landmark movie for us, seeing as this is our first numbered sequel that we've tackled. Mm-hmm. Um, in the time, interim time, since we watched God's Not Dead uh, 1 to God's Not Dead 2, there's been a new, new type of COVID. Um, we're still <laughs> struggling. We're still indoors. We're still in the lockdown. We might as well be stuck in a time loop. Um, Let's, let's go with some trivia Let's go with some, some, some statistics about Gods Not Dead 2 It was directed by Harold Cronk Who did Gods Not Dead 1 And written by Chuck Consulman and Carrie Solomon Of Do You Believe fame Oof. Mm.
2: Did, they, did they write the first one? The first Gods Not Dead or only Do You Believe?
1: I need to check that I don't think they did uh, mm. This was produced by. Well, well, does David Kronk have any uh, relation to
0: Kronk from The Emperor's New Groove? Is all <laughs> I, I want to <laughs> know. Because I think they have about the same level of, I mean, uh, of intellect and and probably dashing good looks as well. <laughs> mm. Yeah,
2: Konzelman that- uh, wrote the first one. Carrie um, Solomon, let's see. He looks like a guy who would have written the first one And he did, yeah So the, the writers are oh, the same came back. Yeah, same writers, same director I love that
1: In terms of budget It a, had a budget of $5 million Versus $2 million from the first movie Oh wow uh, In terms We're of box great. office It made $24.5 million Versus $64 million from the first movie
0: oh. Ooh, a downgrade,
2: mm-hmm.
1: downgrade. Poor oh, That's poor an, unfortunate
0: 15 point something million dollars 17 million
1: (laughs) (laughs) In terms of critical reception On Rotten Tomatoes it got a 10% From critics meaning it was Rotten and a 62% From audiences which is a fresh IMDB has this on a Crisp 4.4 stars And Kurong Puts this on 4 stars out of 5 Which is a relatively low score That is so interesting In terms of movie trivia on IMDb, this movie has awful movie trivia, a particular piece (laughs) I picked out is, uh, this is the first sequel to be shown in a 2 to 35 to 1 aspect ratio instead of a 1 to 85 to 1 aspect ratio. And the reason I (laughs) found this this interesting is because on IMDb trivia, you can vote on trivia to say whether you found it interesting. And three (laughs) out of 14 people said, (laughs) we found this interesting.
2: (laughs) (sighs) I was so confused by this piece of trivia because I'm like, what does this mean? Is this, is this literally, because that would be interesting if this is the first ever (laughs) sequel to any movie that happens to be in
0: a two to 35 to one aspect ratio. David Kronk like, is a pioneer of cinema. <laughs> like, you've got your Hitchcock. You've heard of Kubrick. Now like, get not ready for a Cronk. single,
2: Not a single movie sequel. Like, sure, mm. maybe some original movies have been in this... Particular aspect ratio, but not a single sequel in the history of cinema has ever been. Uh, in this actually, I ratio. wish to
0: uh, intercede as a fact checker. As far as I'm aware, Ooh. Aladdin Two: Return of Jafar also <laughs> exists within this. Uh, within this aspect ratio, is this ratio. true?
2: Where are you? How could you? How did you get this information so quickly?
0: Listen, don't ask it. A lot of people have said that this is true. A lot of people have claimed. Um, you read it on the Facebook honestly, post. Yeah. Stop trying to gaslight me into believing that this isn't the truth. Um, Jafar, Return of Jafar, <laughs> Aladdin Six. Jafar needs glasses. Also in this aspect ratio, <laughs> that is a deep cut to a Family Guy cutaway bit. <laughs> that is Return of, of
2: Jafar is a great movie, though. At least it was when I was like nine. I, mm. Like I remember thinking it was great.
1: Also, a fun trivia is that uh, three out of fourteen people finding it interesting is a very similar statistic to listeners of this podcast.
3: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I
1: I actually have a piece of trivia that I would submit that I would say is more interesting in that the villainous lawyer character of this movie, played by Ray Wise, uh, happened to play the devil on the sitcom Reaper. Oh, wow. Fun parallel.
0: (laughs) He has a devilish face. He does. That fellow, that that attorney. He plays a damn good lawyer evilest looking man in existence very very good casting I'll say that
2: also I feel like two important pieces of trivia that should be said just to give a a sort of characterization of this movie one is that this is Duck Dynasty star Sadie Robertson's first appearance in a feature in a feature film um, and who cares Like <laughs> who <laughs> What is Duck Dynasty What is it I just don't okay. I just don't know what it is And it's just this yep. mo- These movies have some sort of weird obsession with it For those listening at
0: home who might not be aware so uh, in this film so Duck Dynasty in the first film if you haven't listened to the first episode of the podcast Duck Dynasty played a significant well, no actually a fairly insignificant plot role uh, in the the main guy of Duck Dynasty who I don't remember his name because I don't live in the southern United States. Um, Jim Duck Dynasty. Jim Jim Duckworth Dynasty. Um (laughs) Yeah, and so this is a another main persona from the Duck Dynasty long-running show. Plays uh, a... Is she a friend of our main protagonist? Of, yeah. Of, uh, yeah. What, yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, quite an interesting role, coming out in ardent support of uh, the protagonist, Grace Wesley's rights to uh, religious expression. Mm.
2: Um, mm. And then the other just... Just weird, just weird mm. thing. Um, Amy, Martin, Rev Dave, Rev Jude, and Newsboy... Actually, okay, forget those first ones. Basically, <laughs> my point is, the Newsboys reprise hmm. their roles in this movie <laughs> as themselves. And again, why? Like, what is this movie series' weird obsession? I was very disappointed obsession? by...
0: I was very disappointed by the Newsboys in this film um, for one simple reason, that being that literally zero people died on the way to their concert, I felt that that was just a really poor use of such a strong cameo. Why put the Um, Newsboys in if you're not going to kill somebody with them? Why have a Newsboys concert if someone isn't going to die? Honestly, it just feels disrespectful to the fans. It feels disrespectful to audience goers. Um, not cinema goers, audience goers. I think it just boils down yeah. to the,
3: uh, the age-old question of uh, that everybody wants to know, which is how many times can you play God's Not Dead, the song, before you go crazy? And I think this film kind of Indeed. pushes on that ethical, very important question.
0: Indeed. I mean, Kronk is a pioneer. He's going to try and push whatever envelope exactly, you put yeah. in front of him, no matter what that envelope is. He, he's take. a genius, that guy. I mean, just... <laughs>
2: Um, It just needs to be reiterated That the Newsboys is a band That three out of the four of us Had never heard of in our entire (laughs) lives Before watching God's Not Dead 1 Mm. And God's Mm. Not Dead 1 Just sort of just sort of deifies this band And th- and then goes Not Dead 2 Just continues with this really Strange <sighs> obsession This compulsive need to include The Newsboys in every one of their movies It doesn't make any sense And it's really weird And it just pisses me off so much
0: Honestly, if all you had to go off of, uh, the, the culture of Christianity within the United States, you would not be remiss in thinking that the newsboys are in fact bigger than Jesus, <laughs> mm. given how much importance they would seem to have.
2: Yeah. It portrays them as just like the Christian band. <laughs> it's like none of us have heard of them. It's so weird. Anyway,
1: um, I'm, done. I'm done. Yep. I yeah totally neglected to mention the return of our favorite non-band band. So uh, for now, we're going to do a spoiler-free kind of brief roundtable where one by one, we're going to talk about, a, uh, like, without going into too many spoilers, we're going to talk about our thoughts on the movie. Lachlan, would you like to take us away?
2: Sure. Um, this movie is a steaming hot pile <laughs> of trash this is just, I can't say it without laughing. this movie is just so oh. um okay like for, um, just to just like for a non spoiler kind of rough idea of the movie is like basically it's it's God's not dead one was a college student is being forced by his his philosophy professor to to say that god is that God is dead and he refuses to, and then he winds up sort of challenging his professor to a debate about the existence of God in front of his whole class. And it's just really overdramatic and stupid. And then this movie is, um, it goes into the, to the legal realm, um, to the, to the, the freedom of speech, um, you know, social justice issue, uh, that it is. And, um, and it's a, a teacher like a, a high school teacher, um, Answers a question about Jesus In her classroom And then the the school board Hears about it and they demand that she Apologize or she'll lose her job And then they, it winds up being a court battle Where she is, you know um, Defending her Right to freedom of religion And freedom of speech and it's, yeah uh, Yeah, basically it's a Steaming hot pile of trash I hated it so much I I uh, yeah, like it's just, it is just so, uh, it just portrays it again. Once again, it just simplifies non-Christians and Christians. Christians are just the best and greatest people in this movie. Non-Christians are just the worst. Um, although I'd say it has a little bit more, a little more nuanced than God's Not Dead 1. And what I will say is that um, this whole podcast, we've been trying, I've like, I've personally just been searching is there a christian movie that's worse than god's not dead one and i really thought that this would be it and it's still it's not it, i don't it, we still haven't got there i think this is a bit better than god's not dead one which is not saying much at all mm-hmm. but it's not the wor- it's still not it's not the worst christian movie of all time that i've seen but yeah i just uh, there's so many things I don't even, yeah, I, it's just, it's just trash yeah, like It's better
0: in the way that, um, like being next to a horse stable is better than being next to an open sewer. Like there's <laughs> uh, degrees of terrible, yes, I think.
2: Yes, indeed. Tristan,
1: um, actually, yeah. were, were, you, were you done with your thoughts like
2: Uh Uh, I mean, basically, I like... Okay Serious brief review Um, I think the things that let this movie down Are not the acting They're not the directing They're not the cinematography I think those things are passable Competent even Um, I think the thing that really lets it down Is the writing Um, It is truly um, Cliched Uninspired writing Unoriginal um, and and at its core, the, and I mean, the premise of it is just so broken in, like the whole worldview of this movie is that Christians are amazing, and America is trying to persecute them. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just rubbish. and 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 even on that 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 premise, it could have been written better. It could have been written more interestingly. The characters are all over the place. The ca- there aren't really any characters. None of the characters have any interesting journey or anything. Yeah. yeah that's enough for now. Next. Tristan, what did you think
1: of?
0: Yeah, look, I think... Um- Look, I pretty much agree with everything Lachlan said. The movie sucks. Um, It blows and sucks simultaneously. (laughs) A feat-defying physics. Uh, Quite frankly, if there was a polar opposite to the Nobel Peace Prize, um, the the Nobel Nobel Prize for Literature. (laughs) Yeah, if there was... In the same way that you might have a Nobel War Prize as an antithesis to the Nobel Peace Prize, this should have the Nobel Pulp Prize in response to the Nobel Literature Prize. Because this is just absolute tosh. There are a few moments in the film where I got a glimpse of what might be the seed for a much, much better film. Mm. There is one or two scenes in particular um that i suppose we can i mean they're not really spoilers cuz they ultimately have absolutely no bearing on the overall narrative of this film they're just disconnected and the way Does that anything all of <laughs> these really films seem disconnected from like these films continuously whether it's do you believe or whether it's gods not dead one the film will set up all of these different characters Which have very little to do with each other. Gosh. Um, But in this film, at least... And I don't know, maybe this is what's something that makes it worse. You might even think, like, um, a character who, honestly, I kind of thought was quite a funny, cute side character in the first film, Martin, um, a Chinese exchange student, uh, makes a return. He's He's a through line into this film. And he had a scene with a conflict about his faith with his father that I thought that if they were to take the premise of that scene and expand it out to a whole film... That would be a far more interesting and nuanced uh, look into persecution and faith than the main A-plot of this film, which is a film that's all about this exaggerated delusion of persecution that exists within um, the United States and the West at large. Um, It's honestly completely divorced from reality. It holds no real bearing to... Uh, what any reasonable person might suggest and yeah Yeah. quite frankly it holds uh, a real degree of contempt for the intellect of anyone who would watch this film
2: (laughs) um just on the martin the chinese exchange student like i agree with what you're saying that it's that it's a good uh seed of a story but but didn't we do this exact story in the last one like doesn't the isn't this isn't that scene between him is that just a complete rehash of what happens in the last except now it's in person instead of over the phone and it, like
0: it's it, it goes like no you make it a, maybe you progresses make a good point. It
2: maybe progresses that story one step further but it's like, well i
0: thought that watching that scene i thought that um basically just, if you haven't caught on, there's a scene where Martin, this character, has an in-person confrontation with his father regarding Martin's conversion to Christianity. Um, And I think to give kudos to both of the actors in this scene, it was really, it was quite, like, emotional, compelling acting. Um, Really, I thought that it was one of the strongest individual points of the film. Uh, Maybe strengthened by the fact it had absolutely no relation to anything else that happens in this film, really, other than, like, a quite a uh, not not brief what's the word like a very uh loose thematic tie to like the rest of the film's notion of persecution but Mm. it kind of all it really seems to do is highlight the absurdity of the a plot by showing us an actual example of Mm -hmm. persecution And all it really does at the end of the day is draw your attention to just how absurd (laughs) this farce of persecution that's being dramatized in such a way just comes across as bizarre and, yeah, absolutely disconnected from reality. When you have real true examples of persecution and and conflict for having a faith
2: Mm. that
0: do exist in the world.
2: Yeah, but the and complete think-
0: willing the lack of willingness to represent that truth is the biggest failure of this film.
2: hmm I think the, the so the, the one thing I did write down in this in favor of that scene is at least they're actually speaking in mandarin and not english with subtitle mm. like cuz a less, a, an even lesser movie <laughs> would have them just inexplicably speaking in, in English to each other. But um, I think like, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying, Tristan. And the, but the thing for me, it, the, the main thing is just like that story is a story worth telling in isolation. But when it's put into the context of this mm. movie, it becomes part of the propaganda that mm. Christians are just persecuted Everywhere you go, and Christians are just these amazing people who endure such um, such persecution that only only someone with you know um, this the, the spirit of God living inside them could possibly endure and it's like, it 's like that's true of that 's actually really true in China, but it 's just so it's just such a distortion of America of what's going on in America. And when mm. they're put together, it becomes it sort of it taints that story for me and, mm. and it uses it to kind of um, to its own ends in like the Western narrative.
0: Yeah. And if there's one thing we know about Christians from the last 18 months, it's that they definitely don't have a persecution complex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Jay, uh, what did you
1: think of Garth's Not Dead 2?
3: Yeah, I think, uh, well, Tristan and Lachlan definitely um, expressed a lot of my, for lack of better term, uh, anger towards this film. I, You know, it, <laughs> you
2: you can, had, talk, you can talk about it, Jay. <laughs> We're it, it, here. No, no, it really just...
3: <laughs> You know, like like, I will go back to the earlier point. Like, yeah, this is classic, just Christian persecution complex. Um, you know, and you know, I, I just it's not, and it's just it's to me it's just a projection of, you know, a Christian's fear from you know uh, or whatever these guys. It's just a, really a projection of fear or a fantasy in their heart, maybe from just reading the stories of, you know, the, the Christian the Bible, the persecuted church in the Bible. Um, the portuguese church in history and Mm. you know and especially with what's you know i don't want to make it too morbid but you know or whatever you want to call it but you know we're in reflection of the last 18 months as tristan was referencing to like we've seen a lot of these um attitudes coming from you know the christians in a country which won't be mentioned um maybe i will i don't know um but you know about how you know like oh man like you know everyone's out to get us you know this idea of everyone's out to get us and it just really reeks of a little boy sitting in his room you know um dreaming up scenarios that you know everyone's mm. out to get him and then making himself aggressive and then having a conversation with just a regular person who does not see the things the same way he sees you know and so you know if i mean th- i could go into it a lot more but i think what i'll say is you know we end of the day you know like we create the very thing we fear and and Mm. you know people who do not care about any of this like who like you know in real life we go to real life but whatever this film is trying this film is trying to say that you know non-christians hate us and they're trying to wipe out those of the bible the thing is if um you know people they actually in reality maybe they do not care and so you you, you put up films like this you put millions of dollars of this which could have gone to more better use um and instead of putting out a message of hope that perhaps could win who reach out to the world you put up a film that basically not you know you you portray back to what lachlan was saying you you portray the 80s as just villains not even skeptical people just straight up mm-hmm. villains and so you turn the very people who maybe do not care or just pretty neutral, you turn the very people against us. And then mm. you, start, you, you you very well just start creating a society. You, and and then when you do create a society with these kind of films you're putting up, you start pointing your finger and say, oh, see, I thought it was going to happen. Which we have very well <laughs> seen the last couple of months, maybe. And so it's, it's just like, yeah. okay, you know, as as a Christian... In my opinion, if you want to be, you know, if, if the film producers want to say, oh, we just want, you know, we're creative Christians, whatever, we want to put our art. Okay, like create art that draws people closer to God, that portrays a beautiful side of God. Don't create a film that, you know, it's a pat yourself on the back. We've been doing a great yeah. job and the whole world is just out to get us kind of film. I think, mm. To me, you know, I think it's just you're wasting people's money who don't even know it. They're just because to them, it's just an ego it's just stroking that ego for about two hours of the film, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's all. Yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts on it. Yeah. Um,
1: I think personally, uh, uh, when I was watching the film, as soon as I started watching it a few minutes into it, I thought immediately was like, this movie looks better than God's Not Dead 1, just in terms yeah. of visuals. Uh, mm. All the actors felt a lot more solid. And that actually gave me hope for about the first fifteen minutes that this wasn't going to be like blatant Christian propaganda.
0: Oh, you sweet naive <laughs> fool! Uh,
2: and <laughs> Jeremy, my child,
1: <laughs> I, I was hopeful, and and about fifteen minutes in, like it just came crashing down, and it was just a solid hour forty-five after that of just setting up, uh, setting up like straw men for for Christian Christians to beat down. And it was, it just drove me into a real existential crisis of, is this really a movie? Because at some point I I just thought, I just, I think midway through the movie, I just stopped thinking about it as a movie and just as a, like as a war propaganda film (laughs) shown to like sell war bonds.
0: Is this (laughs) film Triumph of the Will for Christians? (laughs) 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 Yes, it is. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I would, Kent. (laughs) Yes, I would,
1: Kent. So definitely better than the first one But still an absolute waste of two hours Of just oh beating gosh. you over the head and...
2: It's a waste of my tithe money I don't know how tithes got involved in it But I'm sure they did And if so, it's a waste of my personal tithe money That I paid to my own church Which somehow made its way into this film's budget I'm sure it did
1: should bring that up with your senior pastor Phil Bringle
2: <laughs> yep.
0: uh. all
1: right uh, now that we've all kind of given our thoughts lachlan would you like to give us a a skeleton of the plot so that we can talk about it
2: no but i will <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah okay uh, so basically as i kind of mentioned this this mo- this movie is a legal drama um it it it's you know rather than the classroom the college lecture theatre drama that the previous one was this this is a a legal drama about a yeah so uh, Sabrina the teenage witch has at some point create, uh, converted to Christianity. Wait, did that go over everyone's heads? <laughs> Do you all know Sabrina... Oh, bless you, John Hart. Wow. Do you,
0: like... So the I know Sabrina the Teenage Witch is. I uh, just, yeah, uh, it wasn't until he said that. I yeah, it didn't make it that, that It's the same person.
2: Wow, I cannot see that actor as anyone else. She is mm-hmm. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and I will continue to refer to her as that wow. for the duration of this episode. Very good. Um, So, I think her name is... Gra- the, you know, the character's name is Grace... Um,
0: she's now Grace the Grace. middle-aged Christian.
2: <laughs> I think it's Grace Wesley, which again, yeah. just like so much, just, so just, on the just,
0: nose. Yeah, it's so on the nose. She could have um, just been called Grace O'Brien or yeah. Grace Smith. Smith. Let's be crazy. <laughs>
1: oh, what if we go um, the other way and she's Grace persecuted because she said it, spoke her truth? <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's not one name. I know.
0: Grace King, (laughs) Grace (laughs) King Jr., Um. and a sidekick, Stephen Stone. Read in parentheses, read Acts chapter (laughs) sixteen. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So
2: basically she's a school teacher. She's, uh, she's an amazing person. She, 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 the, the, okay. The movie (laughs) opens with like, the movie opens with a literal like just montage of just this unnamed town that, Mm. that, that they live in where there's baseball players, just praying together on the field. Then Mm. there's some, some, some guy very unironically, very earnestly raising the American flag. Then there's a
0: shot of the American flag uh, just, you know, All of this I took to be a direct consequence of the actions of the God's Not Dead One. (laughs) Like, all of this goodwill and Americana dream. This idyllic picture of America comes directly as a result of that one university student standing up to that tyrannic professor.
2: Exactly, and now all is well in America Mm -hmm. because (laughs) of
1: Joshua Wheaton. as soon as a professor um, died in the street the curse was lifted
3: <laughs> also, also, for, also from the revival in uh, Facing the Giants apparently <laughs> yeah
2: uh, yeah but so yeah so basically meanwhile meanwhile while all of that is happening, our main character, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch is just she 's just <laughs> drinking her coffee while just just earnestly looking out into the to into the sunrise because she wakes up early in the morning to take care of her grandfather, who she just is so just totally willing to take care of because she 's a very generous person um, and then at. <laughs> then she goes to school where she works and all of her fellow teachers and her students, uh, asking her how she is so optimistic and just, uh, take, just, you know, takes things so well in life. How is she just such an amazing person? So basically she's a great person. And then, uh, she, um, one of her students, uh, one, basically one of her class in, in one of her classes, she is teaching them in history She's a history teacher. She's teaching them about Martin Luther King and the and Mahatma Gandhi and the sort of the non-violence uh, movement and the civil rights movement and the non-violence sort of philosophy. And uh, then Brooke, who is one of the other main characters, she asks a question, which is a very on-the-nose question, which I won't quote right now, but we will talk about, uh, which is just relates the question to Jesus and just ask her something about Jesus. And uh, Grace, the teacher, she answers the question in a arguably a reasonable way um and then the school board they find out about it they are not happy they uh, they are threatening to fire her but then they like they they offer her you know mercy if she apologizes but she can't she she believes she can't apologize for 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 this and she goes to court um, and she gets a very good looking young lawyer uh, to, who, I, who has been in numerous soap operas, I think, um, to be her defense attorney. Uh, and then there's a, a very evil, old, rich lawyer who, who decides to take on this case. Um,
0: and he's very evil. He's and literally motivated by hatred. <laughs> he he literally says that done. in <laughs> yeah. the film. That the reason that he's doing this is because he hates that Christians. That is true.
2: Yeah. Yes, he explicitly admits that he... Not even admits, boasts, gloats that he hates Christians. And that is what motivates him. Um, he also, early on... Um, when he's, he's basically talking to, he's pitching his legal case. He's pitching that he should take this case to the parents of the student. And he says that uh, we're going to prove once and for all that God is dead. Oh, <laughs> yes. um, and, uh, so basically he becomes the, the, um, the plaintiff and the, and then, you know, the young soap star is the. Defense attorney, and uh, they there's a case, and basically a bunch of things happen in this case. Uh, Meanwhile, there's some side characters. One of them is uh, well, one duo of them is Pastor Dave and the Happy African, back for round two. Um, (laughs) This is the Happy African guy cannot be discouraged. It's it's impossible, (laughs) Um, and uh, basically doesn't matter what they do. It has nothing to do with the rest (laughs) of the movie, Mm. Uh, although except that. Pastor Dave does wind up on the jury very reluctantly. He's like the, wor- the world's worst pastor. Um, and uh, yeah, but he, he winds up on the jury, but then he gets sick and off the jury. So that which later in the movie. And so it's like, it, it, he really doesn't have any impact on the central plot. Yeah, God which I'm
0: destroys sure. his appendix <laughs> yeah. so that he won't be on the jury anymore. Yeah, is all that it can be taken to. to yeah,
2: it's really it's weird. Um, and then uh, and the, uh, and he, as we've mentioned, is related to connected to um, Martin, the uh, Chinese exchange student who um who has been directed by Josh off screen from the first movie, the main character, the sort of main character from the first movie. Josh, off screen, directs Martin to. Pastor Dave to ask him all of his questions about the Bible. And basically all that Martin does in the movie is that he's in the movie. Like that's his role in the movie. Yeah. He's in it. Um, and then uh, the, the other main sort of side character is is this reporter who in the previous movie, she was... A very Just a very atheist Cynical reporter who hated God And she got cancer She didn't have time for cancer But she still got it anyway And then uh, she wound up being saved By the Newsboys Or should I say through the Newsboys Not really, probably by the Newsboys And um, <laughs> yeah, that all happened
1: in the her, first in movie the Green Room
0: in their green room, okay. yep. And, and it was all thanks to the faith journey she started on because of interviewing Duck Dynasty. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: Yes.
2: Exactly. Oh, it's all comes full circle. Um, exactly. And uh and so she's in this movie as well, and that's her role that she's in the movie. <laughs> she's uh,
0: she And um, is connected to the Duck Dynasty girl.
2: Yeah, yeah, she yeah. Um she um and basically, in, what does she do? Very little. She she talks to Brooke, who's the student at the center of the controversy, uh, but she she finds out she doesn't have cancer anymore. She spends a lot of time on the phone to the newsboys talking about rubbish and nothing. Um, and then...
0: Talking about how to have faith in Jesus after he cures you of your cancer. Yeah. How difficult that is. Yeah. My pastor don't pick up
3: my phone calls just like that. <laughs> No shade, but no she's shade. She's got
0: a direct line to the newsboys. Yeah. Meanwhile... Every yeah, time but... I have a serious health problem, I call up uh, Joel Houston from Hillsong United and just... just pick yeah. it. The time, it? Yeah. Oh, man. Mm, yeah. But, yeah, so uh, that's, uh, like...
2: Yeah, they literally have, like, no impact on the central plot and then, at the end of the day, through some extremely over, dramatic legal case drama scenes Uh, they wind up winning the case with uh, uh, not less than two um, cameos from real life Christian apologists (laughs) which I want to talk about which is probably the thing that pissed me off more than anything in this movie Um, and um, and then yeah they win the case uh, and every and America lives happily ever after. I guess. Mm. Uh, I think that's basically the the the, the despite structure of the, the Obama
0: movie. administration's best efforts to destroy Christianity, the church and state <laughs> remain together in together a beautiful again. conservative amalgam. Best friends. This film <laughs> effectively <and> <laughs> proves that church and state being separate is the worst possible <laughs> feature of a liberal democracy. <sighs>
2: There is a moment where it really seems to be flirting with the idea that ch- the separation of church and state is a bad thing, but then really it, do- it, sort of, it
0: it walks away from that. It it's mm. walks
2: away from that ledge.
0: Uh, I'm sure there's a director's cut where they're just fully <laughs> yeah. advocating for a theocracy, but <laughs> yeah. that did not meet... Uh, that got left on the editing floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Absolutely
2: trash um, but so I mean but one thing that I can say and and I, and I say this because at, I say this now because it's sort of relevant to me summarizing the plot is that the plot is much more summarizable than the plot of God's Not Dead one. Yes. Mm. Because this movie does have much <laughs> more of, of, of a unify- Yeah. Yep. It's it, it actually sl- has yeah. There is a character that really could genuinely be called the main character in this movie, which is mm. Sabrina Tanzwich. Um but like whereas in the other movie in the first movie, there is no main character. They're like just it's just crash but Christian. Mm. Um and like Whereas yeah, this one, it's like there are definitely side characters. There are definitely incredibly redundant and superfluous plot lines that don't serve the movie in any way. Um, but but they they know their place. They are side characters, and there is a focus on the central s- plot line here, which which I you know to the credit of this movie, to the you know to the pass of this movie. Um, mm-hmm. But still, it really does suffer from this syndrome of like, every Christian movie needs to be, needs to just have heaps of characters. And the beginning of this movie really feels like, um, it really sort of feels like the first episode in a TV series where it's like, oh, we're catching up with, we're introducing this character now. Like, what are they up to? Um... Mm -hmm. Or it's like the, maybe the first episode of season two of a, of a series where it's like, yeah, characters that we, we know from the last one. It's like, what are they up to? And it really kind of feels like the, their only purpose in being shown in the movie is to just see what they're up to now. Like, mm. it's like, what's, what's Pastor Dave up to now? What's Martin the Exchange student up to now? Like, that's it. They don't, they really, mm. oh gosh
0: the one uh character do you want to talk about brooke the show sure. character
2: yes let's do that what's
0: her what's her deal because she's she's i guess the, oh, the yeah, most yeah. important secondary character oh, of the film i think
2: yeah. true yeah. yeah so yeah so oh, okay so uh yeah to get a bit more flesh on brooke's story is that um early in the movie she's uh, well, at the beginning of the movie, basically, her parents are the world's worst parents because they're not Christians. <laughs> yep. They only seem to care about her career and her future they're college. Rationalist free thinkers. Yes. Um, the, uh, yeah, they really want to get her into college and they don't give us stuff that their son, her brother, has died. <laughs> they just. Yeah, nah, what, it's what probably, up that? I think, I mean, to be to be fair, I mean, I, I think, I mean. But I, what I took from the movie is that they, the way they dealt with grief was to just pretend, to almost sort of pretend like they mm. didn't, they never to kind of not talk about him because it's too painful. That's my sort of charitable, like mm. more cynically, I'm just like, it's saying that they don't care that they had a son because they're not Christians. Yeah, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's
0: that. I don't think it's portraying them as that villainous. But, um, See, I think they were but they definitely, but they don't lean into that charitable interpretation in any way. <laughs> They don't try. That they don't It's like, it's not
3: Christian, you know, yeah, they're that's deaf, true. one yeah. dimensional.
0: I think,
2: yeah. if anything, like at very least, it portrays them as like uh, neglectful parents um mm. like not maybe just not 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 good enough as parents to deal with mm. the death of their son in a way that helps their daughter to also deal with that um mm. and so basically uh this is kind of the catalyst for the movie in that Brooke is feeling kind of down about this because she misses her brother she wishes she could talk to him again um and she's uh she's having a uh she finds um, her teacher Grace, Sabrina In a cafe and she talks to her About it and <laughs> there's a, And she's literally like This is nine um, minutes in by the way As um, in this, this conversation movie. Happens
1: nine minutes into the movie where Grace okay. is like Brooke is like How do you cope with everything yes. And Sabrina yes. is like Jesus it's Jesus <laughs>
2: it's like oh. <laughs> and it's and it's oh. to be read it's essentially to be read as you're such a perfect person, how mm. do you do that? and the answer is just jesus um yeah, and so like she grace, the teacher Sabrina is like she's really kind of um she does she she totally intentionally proselytizes like, Mm. you know, whether right or wrong, she definitely does intentionally proselytize in that, in that scene. And, uh, and this, this kind of provokes Brooke's thinking a little bit and then, and the Brooke goes back home and the Salvation Army uh, being the great people that they are because they're Christians, they are helping like, you know, move all of um, her brother's stuff out and, in that process, one of them finds a Bible that belonged to her brother, gives it to her. She starts reading it. And that is what co- provokes her to um, ask the question that she asks about Jesus in the classroom, which is, and how about I quote I quote, <laughs> I quote this, this question. So, teacher Grace Sabrina has been um, talking about Martin Luther King and Mahatma Gandhi and their nonviolence principles. Brooke puts her hand up and says... Isn't that sort of like what Jesus meant when he said we should love our enemies, Um, which is just, and I wrote down quote of the movie (laughs) that is just like... So on the note. Like, who it's would like, ask uh, a question like, like that? It's like such when a you get like, a snake
0: oil salesman come into the town and be like, Hello, good <laughs> sir. Have I ever met you before? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, good sir. We've never met. Say, can this <laughs> can this tonic cure all my aches and pains? <laughs> Why, yes, good sir. It can. Here, try for yourself. Uh, yeah, that's so yeah. spot on.
2: Yeah, that that's like. Yeah, that's pretty much the yeah. And that's the tone the, of it. Yeah, that's the and um and so that's what causes uh, Grace to um to go on and like answer this question. Mm. Um, essentially, she does just she does answer pretty reasonably. Like she just says, "Yeah, yeah this is what Jesus said." Well, that's is- the thing
0: that this her answer is completely reasonable within the context of a education class where she you know mm. says that Martin Luther King was influenced by the teachings of Jesus as portrayed in the Gospel of Matthew. Yeah. And she quotes the scripture that would have directly, you know, referenced and been an inspiration for yeah. nonviolent protests. protest.
2: And then she goes on to quote Martin Luther King in explicit... Like, Martin mm. Luther King, in his own words connecting his philosophy to uh, the teachings of Jesus. So like yeah. she's, she is just stating historical facts. Um, and, but, you know, these, these, these vicious liberals, they don't understand that they, <laughs> they can't think. Um, also I uh, just on the, on the book thing with that, with the, the Bible thing um, I just sort of, um, I just wrote down the cinematography. Of the old lady handing Brooke <laughs> the Bible, I don't know if you guys no- just noticed that shot, but I would, it's just—it's like they, it's like they were trying to create a stock photo of yeah. the Bible. No, it honestly. just looked exactly like a stock photo. <laughs> On it that note so of
0: cinematography, the scene that we just talked about before, whether at the cafe and Brooke and Grace are having a conversation, I don't know what it is about expository Christian cinema scenes where they frame them to look as though they're life insurance commercials (laughs) where it's like the conversations that they have. It reminds me of when I go to my grandparents' place and I watch TV in like, you know, uh, Morissette or wherever, like some place up the coast. And it's like, have you considered thinking about what's going to happen after you're no longer here? Well, Yes. I've thought about it, but I don't think that we (laughs) really need it just now. Oh, you never know. It might happen sooner than you think, and you don't want to leave your children with nothing. Oh, you're right. But who do I talk to? Like that kind of, maybe not in that same stilted way, but the way that the lighting is so saturated (laughs) and the way that the characters are just so framed in like this, just so clearly expository Uh, like blocking and that the way that they're seated apart from each other is just, it's like a commercial and every single expository scene I find in Christian cinema where a character is explaining to another character, what faith is, is like a commercial. It's like Uh, a daytime commercial targeted at old people, which is really all this film is. It's a commercial against the (laughs) evils of liberalism.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, um, do you I I it has like a no bearing on the movie, but it has bearing on the sequel, I guess. There's Pastor Dave uh, has the shoehorn plot where he yeah. goes into the meeting of the pastors and that's also framed like oh, a more yeah. like an insurance commercial where this dialogue's really stilted. The, the government wants all our sermon notes And then there's two people having a back and forth And one of them is supposed to be the liberal pastor And the other one mm, supposed yeah. to be like the, the, the wise one the liberal yeah. like, It's not going to be a yeah. problem and the Guys, yeah. like, it's not going yeah.
0: to They tried it in Houston And now they're going to come for us
2: Yeah, he's like We've been ignoring it And now we're paying the price Mm. Um, it's like, oh, there's... And it's kind of like such a wink and a nod to the audience. Like, don't you ignore this problem of liberalism. Mm. <laughs> like, they're going to... You know, they're going to take... They're going to take away your freedom These of speech.
0: These Democrats are going to yeah. lock you up and take you away... Okay. you got to take a stand. Um, Man. Maybe this isn't the time to talk about it, but I just... I, I, it's just come to my mind. So much of this film one of the most egregious offences that it commits is that it has an absolute lack of self-awareness in regard to, like, how Christians behave. And what I mean by that is that in so many cases, atheists are portrayed as doing the sort of behaviours that conservative Christians do. For example, in the court scene, um, the... Brooke's parents talk about how they wanted to raise their child according to free thinking (laughs) philosophy and not have their child be influenced by this by this dogma and this this faith as though that isn't almost exactly what really a caricature of any fundamentalist Christian would say about teaching evolution in schools. And then That's in other so times, true. there's news broadcasts of what seems to be a quite slanted, opinionated um, oh take gosh, on yes. like, you know, this these fundamentalists are just uh, taking to our schools and they're teaching our children faith, and it's ridiculous, as though that isn't basically the the slanted opposite of exactly what happens on Fox News yeah. in regards to liberalism and in regards to to you know Democrat you know skewed stuff like you don't really see anything like that like the closest thing you have to that in the real world is the polar opposite on Fox News in terms of the rhetoric and in terms of the actual mode because I think that that's all these people know they exist within this echo chamber and they just assume that the other side has the same things that they do the same (laughs) maliciousness that they do but just with the reverse message Mm. Just the lack of self awareness yeah. is just so. Oh, this film and it's is just evil. Yeah,
2: it's just it's trying it's responding to what they perceive as the wrong the wrong um, the wrong way of doing things that liberals do. It's responding by just playing the same game. Mm. Um, it just does not. It just completely fails to rise above that um, and and sort of be. um <laughs> Yeah, to, to like rise above that and to, yeah, sort of bring a, a, a higher perspective, um, it just sort of plays in the culture wars and the, yeah, all the sort of political um, categories that... Yeah, it's, it's a stupid sentence, not going anywhere, but yeah, <laughs> it's dumb. Bad movie, <laughs> that's what yeah. I'm trying to say. <laughs> bad brain, bad movie,
1: make bad brain. <laughs> uh... Uh, given given that you've kind of covered the plot and we've kind of nicely segued into our thoughts on the mm. various aspects, so let's continue into that. I'd, I'd just mm. quickly like to raise that at some point, at one point in the movie, When it looks like uh, Sabrina, the teenage witch, is about to lose her trial. Uh, Brooke decides to get all her fellow classmates to come up to Sabrina's house and sing How Great That Out. And I hated it.
2: That was just one of the worst moments in any movie ever. I just, I was so pissed off. (laughs) I I think, I think my notes were just full of, oh my God, (laughs) just stop. like, if you were to read my notes on this movie, the number of times where I've just written, just stop, (laughs) shut up. Oh my God, please just stop. Just shut up. Just just going to sing our way
3: out of this problem there.
2: And it it was also I mean it also suffered from the relatively common uh problem of okay, this 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 is a an impeccable choir sound with yeah. just impeccable audio and harmony. Like there's no way this is what this would sound like if a bunch of teenagers got in front of like sang on the street. But that's you know better movies are guilty of that.
1: Uh, I I I was kinda giving someone the live commentary as I watched the movie and for that scene I, I said the kids are singing How Great Thou Art, and I hate it. Like, did they practice the parts? They have all the harmonies down. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's so on the nose. It's trying to create a special... It clearly thinks... They, cre- they clearly believed when they were creating this. It's like, oh, we're creating such a special emotional moment here. And it's like, no, this is a big swing and a miss. Like, this is just... This is just awful to watch. Cringe. Cringe worthy is is the word. But should we talk about should we talk about um let's talk about the central court case. Yes. Like yeah, let's... that's that's the that's the the meat of the movie. Um the uh first oh like uh yeah, first thing I wanted to bring up was the jury selection scene. Oh uh, where, where okay, so the way this works Limited knowledge of how it works in America, but the way it seems to work in America is like the you know they're all there in the courtroom. Twelve jurors have been selected by lottery. Both sides have a certain number of challenges that they're allowed, in Mm. which they can veto a jury member, Mm. and they can. It seems like they can ask certain you know certain number of questions or something to each jury jury member. So the first, I mean, there's a couple of there's I can't remember how many get challenged, but, um, uh, there's this old juror and the, the prosecution, he's not the prosecution. Cause that would be, crimin- uh, what is he? The, the plaintiff or something? I don't know. Yeah, uh, plaintiff. uh, he, he asks, uh, what's your favorite TV show <laughs> to which the old juror says duck dynasty. <laughs> he says oh, a very no. just, and, Sorry. and then Obviously that means he's a Christian. And so yeah. they, they challenge, they challenge, they veto that jury over. Um, and I was like, why, why the F are we still talking about duck dynasty? Just, <laughs> just what even is this show? I don't know what it is. And I just, and I don't want to know. And it's just like, maybe we some just need to review
0: of, duck dynasty for the podcast. I oh. prefer continuing in my ignorance. Um, that scene, yeah. the, the jury. Wait, did you have more you wanted to say on the jury selection scene?
2: Oh yeah, because then there's just one mm. other thing, which is where um, the plaintiff ju- uh, lawyers they're discussing amongst themselves, and they eventually, they, essentially, they they veto one of the jurors because he's from the military, and I'm just like, why? Like it's. It, All that communicated to me was, of course, these liberals, these are (laughs) Are anti-military. Anti-military. They're against our boys They hate these valiant men. They hate these valiant men who sacrifice their lives for our country. They hate them. They hate anyone who fights for our... Because if they're a
0: military person, they're going to know what's right. And what's right is opposite (laughs) of what they're after.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. It's just like okay like they for for some reason it's it has no relevance to the story or to the plot or to any of the characters, mm. but they've decided to just put in just a little just a little jab there that mm. oh these these liberals they're also they hate the military you can't trust these people um
0: mm. yeah the, uh, the jury selection scene reminded me of. Uh, The same process, because I believe that it's the same in Australia, based on um, one of my favourite TV shows of all time, Rake, which is an Australian legal uh, comedy drama, and in one of the episodes, there is a scene where they're going to trial, and there's a jury pre-selection and vetoing, and the uh, case has to do with a radio shock jock, like a conservative radio shock jock, who's incited... uh, Basically, like a kind of Cronulla riot esque um, violence. And so, uh, going against the thing, uh, the Cleaver, the main protagonist, he calls <laughs> up the, each of the jurors and he just asks them complete the following phrase. I listened to Alan Jones because, <laughs> and then based on their answer, he would either veto them or let them stay. I do not yeah. remember that, that and scene. It's just such a good, good scene. Um, so that was my whole familiarity with this. And <laughs> but Rake is satiring, is satirizing these things. This is just like wholeheartedly trying to be a, a yeah. realist representation of. Yeah of you know the real cunning conniving ways that the, and also, the pesky loyal liberals will get get ahead of you
2: cuz the other thing about that is they're discussing about how like uh about whether to veto this military guy uh because they only have one veto left um mm. and uh and they wind up using veto on the military guy cuz he screams military um, is what, he, what the guy says. And, um, and then it turns out that the last juror is a pastor, <laughs> Pastor Dave. And so it's like, okay, uh, I guess these, these liberals and their hatred of the military got them in this mess where now, because they hate the military so much, they don't want a military guy on their jury, now they're stuck with a pastor, <laughs> which is going to just completely be the foil for their whole case. Um, it would be poetic justice, but then he gets kicked off the
0: jury. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah, having appendix. God for bursting his appendix.
2: <laughs> yeah, which still, I still don't know. Yeah, like how that was supposed to serve the story. Mm. It really didn't.
0: It was a bad decision in the story. I think. Mm. Uh, just super weird. Well, there's apparently uh, a. I'm not sure if this is a Mandela effect or something, but I was watching the film with my girlfriend and she swears that there's this one character who's really just a background character, but she ends up replacing uh, Pastor yes. Dave on the jury. And she swears that there's a scene where uh, Grace Wesley sees this scene girl character having a cross, yeah, wearing a cross I necklace. I never saw that. I tried to rewind it's, to find uh, that scene. It I it was, find it's not a it. necklace. It was it's a tattoo. She got it
3: tattooed on the back uh, of the neck. On the, back
0: of her neck. on the back
3: of the it's a, neck a, it's, a, it's
2: after it. the trial um yeah. where like everyone's just walking out uh mm. of the of the of the uh courtroom and she sees that girl and it's kind of it's 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 interesting because it's like this girl oh, she's got like dyed hair she dresses mm. like a, she dresses a bit alternative a bit grungy and um so like obviously she's not a christian but then oh she's like no, but um, also
3: what she, are they trying to insinuate that oh the only reason why they, they won the caucus because this christian <laughs> i know i know
2: it's like don't worry god provided a christian onto the jury because only to christians make sure
0: were both family like you
3: know like wow yeah. just, it doesn't hmm. make
0: and again it yeah it really sort of just reinforces this idea of like it's a culture war. Like it's an it's us, us versus, versus them. them. Yeah. Like we need to boost our numbers because if we have enough numbers, then we'll be able to win yeah. these battles. That's why we need more babies. This is b- how <laughs> we need b- more battles by stacking the jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, there's one thing which
1: I, I'm pretty sure like, this is how the plot resolved and which I was grateful for at the start of the movie. Um, Grace, aka Sabrina, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Her granddad is they're making jokes at her expense for her being single. Oh yeah! And the the movie at some point in the middle of the movie, she's having a like dinner to discuss the case with handsome lawyer man. And oh. she's like, and the handsome lawyer man's like, "Where's your granddad?" And he, she's like, "Oh, he <laughs> thinks this is a date." And I was fully expecting there to be like a shoehorned in just them like kissing at the end of the movie or something. But that just that didn't happen. And I was very grateful. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh well, that, gosh, well, that's... I mean, uh, uh, there was no premarital kissing in this movie, was there? Oh, Which is no. why it was profitable.
1: Wow. Uh, yeah. True. The new listeners of the podcast, every movie that we've watched, I've tried to figure out whether there's a correlation between unmarried couples kissing and the movie being profitable. <laughs> and so far, it's worked out to be that... If an unmarried Wonder couple one. kisses on screen, the movie's not gonna make a
2: profit. Mm. I mean, but yeah, if if they did wind up together, it would have been weird because then there's a this such great Christian is dating a non Christian now, and that would
0: be that oh. wouldn't work. So
2: like mm. it was so it was kind of just weird. They would need it to like- add a
0: whole other scene which would totally be within the ethos of this yeah. film, <laughs> where he becomes a Christian and then yeah. it would cut to like an epilogue of them dating once yeah. he's
2: once he's matured and he started been in serving faith. in church for five years and yeah, but It would have
1: been a scene where she she's talking to him about his faith and then slowly leads mm-hmm. him to a giant wooden cross that's been in the floor <laughs> <laughs> There's
0: you know, <laughs> um, oh, okay, a whole other spin-off to this film where he becomes a, a disciple of Lee Strobel, becoming a <laughs> lawyer who finds out the, uh, oh. the reality oh. of the Gospels yeah. But like Just, just so on
2: the, yeah. the dating thing I, I, It was a really just weird thing That was, it didn't serve the plot In any it way didn't go anyway. sort of subtext Well it served of, like, the plot she's the he was
3: accusing her Of He faked, uh, was ho- faked To be hostile to her on the jury yeah. As a witness to mm. the stand
2: But how did that have, oh. What did that have to do with them With, the, the, with her being single And like
3: Ah, oh, fair enough. I don't know. I guess it was the lead up to them having dinner at home,
2: and I mean, it created shit. a bit of awkward tension, but it was kind of just a distraction
0: to me for for the for the. Plot. Well, I guess that if she was single, if she wasn't single, then she would have a husband. And if she had a husband, then she probably couldn't have an intimate candlelit dinner with a male lawyer. <laughs> that's yeah, it's sure. So it was kind true. of a necessity. And also, if she was married, then she obviously wouldn't have to work because she would be too busy yes. uh, tending to children, as all that's Christian true. wives would do. Yes. Mm. Unless, then, um, And here's the thing, is that Christians can only be, they can only have one of three jobs. Um, <laughs> teacher, nurse slash doctor, or lawyer. the only jobs Christians can have or firefighter, I guess. You can be emergency services (laughs) or of course, you can be a Marine or pastor. Yep. Oh Um, yeah. Or military. Okay. I guess there's five jobs. (laughs) But there's uh, two things I
2: wanted to say about that candlelit study session, you know, um, dinner while they work on the case scene. One is, uh, so she's telling, so Sabrina is telling the story of how she became a Christian um, and meanwhile, uh, you know, the lawyer guy, none of us know his name. The lawyer guy is, um, <laughs> is, he's just visibly amazed that, uh, Sabrina is a Christian, but wasn't raised a Christian. Like, hmm. and this is in, in these Christian movies, like uh non-christians are always amazed by this like they don't have this category uh like oh wow christians like christians become christians as adults um but then uh and then the other thing is um yeah just lawyer looking at, i wrote lawyer looking her lawyer looking at her intently thinking wow she is such a credible character uh this is what i wrote down um but uh the other thing is the way she gets saved, holy crap. Like oh the yeah. The way she gets saved is that she's it. she's having a hard time with life and <laughs> then she sees a billboard that is a quote from Jesus where Jesus is saying, "Who do you say that I am?" Um and that and that that billboard Single-handedly leads
0: her to Christ,
2: and I—that's—that was—which is his confirmation
0: bias for what I assume every single pastor who makes <laughs> these um, evangelical billboards. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, I'm so, like, oh, this is, is gonna save who so really many people that someone saved by these.
2: Because <laughs> that's—and that's the thing—that th- is the God's not dead world view. It's that things like billboards and text messages can, will just single handedly Mm. save human beings and lead them to Christ. Like, that that is what people. Yeah. That is what makes people tick. That is how people respond Cultural to the gospel. artifacts.
0: Yeah, not like, loving relationship, not discipleship, not caring yeah. and loving one another in such a way that emulates Christ. Not being sacrificially servant-hearted. It's yeah. having a billboard or having a text <laughs> message. And okay, on the topic of salvations, I wanted to talk about. There's a scene where Brooke. Finally, she meets Martin in Pastor, oh, uh, Pastor Mike, Pastor Dave, Pastor Dave's church, Dave. and she's, you know, been reading through her brother's Bible, as you know, and it's, and again, this is another one of those scenes that I felt, you know, on its own, um also has like a seed of a better film, you know, Girl Definitely. experiences the death of a loved one. The loved one, she finds out posthumously was a Christian. And then, you know, there's quite this beautiful moment of like, you know, reading the notes in the margins of his Bible. She gets to have that five minutes. She wished she always had, you know, just getting this new, this new insight and information. But then at the very end of that scene, and it's quite a beautiful scene, but then at the very end of that scene, Martin invites her to a prayer of salvation. And she says, Hmm. God, uh, I don't know what to say. And then proceeds to list off every single thing that you could possibly want as a theological category in a salvific oh. prayer. She lists, um, she acknowledges that he died on the cross for her, she f- she confesses her sins um, and apologizes for her sins, and accepts him as Lord, and proclaims all these things. And it's, like, literally every single thing that you would have in, like, a salvific prayer that a pastor would lead you in, she just, like, spontaneously Knows it, and it just is like really has no consequence. Otherwise, it's a fine scene. She's like, she's grown was up, so funny. To me.
2: She's grown up in a non-Christian, um, in a non-Christian home, mm. and she she uh, spontaneously speaks in Christian cliches that 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 every Christian is sort of raised in in church. Like that's just clearly uh, um, classic yeah but i i did I, I think the main other thing I really wanted to talk about was these these celebrity um apologist cameos oh, because oh this was just this like this was the bit where the movie completely lost all any shred of respect I had for it <laughs> um, so it, uh, so, okay. So like, basically what happens is that, um, through their candle lit study session or whatever, uh, Sabrina and the lawyer figure out that the best way that they can, uh, do their defense is through, um, pointing out that Jesus is just a historical figure like anyone else, mm. because they're <laughs> like, so every time the, the, um, the, um, the people that you know the opposing lawyers anytime they talk about what she said about Jesus they say uh, and she quotes uh, you quoted this thing that that was allegedly said by Jesus <laughs> they keep saying the word allegedly um, it's yeah. like and and then in court it's like the lawyers like in his opening statement was like no oh, these thing's allegedly said by Jesus who allegedly lived 2000 years ago <laughs> It's like mm. oh my god and um and so so obviously these idiot liberals, they don't even know that Jesus existed. Mm. Um, And so, and that, and so they're saying that, you know, by talking, by just mentioning Jesus at all, she is, um, she is expressing religion. She is like, uh, She's making religious together statements, church
0: and state in this yeah, dogmatic, um, indoctrinating way,
2: um, and and you know to the point where the principal doesn't even want Brooke to have any contact with this teacher. Like <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Anyway, so they they work out. Actually, what if we we say that? What if we just say that she was actually
0: just. Talking about Jesus as any other historical figure. Hmm. Um, Which, when I was watching this film, I was like, why don't, what is the big deal here? Why don't they just say, like, she's literally talking about a historical influence. Like, you know, King Arthur probably didn't exist, but if Gregory the Great thought that King Arthur existed, then it's not outside the realms of a history teacher's thing to mention the Knights of Camelot, even if that figure didn't exist because other people believe that he did. Exactly. Like so. That's that's the thing.
2: Like uh, so. To quote the 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 soap opera lawyer, he's like, you Mm. talk you talked about Jesus' teachings just like they were any other verifiable fact, and I was like, I was just wrote down like, lawyer really should have figured this out. Like (laughs) that should have been what he started with if he was worth any salt as a lawyer. But Mm. but what I thought they were gonna do was just say like, um, you know, basically what you just said, Tristan. Like you know, Jesus is is a a figure that has had an impact on history. Uh, It's verifiable that Martin Luther King was impacted by the words of, uh, words attributed in the Bible to Jesus. So Mm. that's all you need really Mm. historically. Um, But what they decide to do is go ahead and prove in court the existence of Jesus, (laughs) um, which is just a dumb strategy, like just so beyond the scope of this legal case. Right. Um, and the first thing, the first step they take here, it it goes into a scene and Lee Strobel is called to the stand. Lee Strobel, the author of what's it called? The Case Case for for Christ. Christ. And this is my notes in all caps. Oh my God. Lee Strobel cameo. Just shut up. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god, this scene! Oh my god, this scene is excruciating. Um,
0: so, like, uh, okay, I, for like Lee Stro- who, I thought the Lee I mean, Strobel I, cameo was cute. Was... I
2: I like Lee Strobel, yeah. um, but in the
0: he as a scene, his it was just excruciating. Chicago accent. Yeah, he's I just, love his accent.
2: Yeah, really but like, uh, so for those who don't know, Lee Strobel is by trade a journalist. So, first of all, that completely. Disqualifies him from being an expert witness uh, mm. in any li- about regarding the historical uh, veracity of anything, like that is not his field of expertise. Mm. Uh, he wrote a popular level book uh, called mm. The Case for Christ, which is I've I actually got the impression read it. that he
0: was a lawyer who was trying to do that. My- I could be oh, completely, I could, could be completely be. off He base. could
2: actually be a lawyer. Um, I thought he was a journalist, no, he's but a journalist. either way, okay, he's a journalist. I th- did. Yeah. I did think he was a, a journalist, but I no, mean, like that totally, that totally tracks it, either um... way. He's not a, he's not a, um, he's not a historian. Mm. And so like they, you know, and he just proceeds yeah. to like, you know, make this case for, and like in and of itself, it's good. Ar- he's making, he gives good arguments and everything. It's just that they have nothing. They should have nothing to do with the plot of this movie. Mm. Um, And, um, and then, and it's such, it's just such, it's just so on the nose because it's so clear that these... Characters have been brought in to preach to the audience, like to just sort of show the yeah. audience, like how it's to win over the, this mostly atheist audience that they're obviously going to have
0: in the theater.
2: <laughs> uh, the atheists were just...
0: Going into God's not dead too, thinking it's fast and too fast to furious <laughs> <laughs> to God too not <laughs> dead.
1: <laughs> like I, I, I really, I really hated those scenes because it felt like they set up, like they set up like a straw man for these two authors mm. to come in, like the uh, cold yeah. case Christianity guy to yeah. come in and preach at the audience in a very just there uh. was no subtlety to it uh. and I hated
0: it. It sounded like it was like a like a university campus interview or something. Like it yeah. just it literally sounded like he was lecturing.
2: It really, like, oh yeah. It's like he asks the lawyer asks him one question and he just he just launches into a lecture. Yeah um Yeah. So the other guy they bring in is, um, Jay Warner Wallace, who wrote a book called cold case Christianity, which is a, um, I, another book I haven't read this book. It sounds, I mean, I don't know. It sounds like kind of a stupid book, or, but he, the um, the case that he the evident that what he says in the stand is pretty good stuff.
0: Yeah, I've heard um, it referenced like in my time doing Bible school and like yeah, training to be to do pastoral stuff. I've heard this book referenced in terms mm. of like within an academic setting, and it seems like it's a fairly good concept. Yeah. Uh, well, I, so the idea with the book. It.
2: Yeah. The idea with the book is that he was a, he's, he was a, um, a homicide detective who decided to investigate the murder, the, you know, the death of Jesus as a, um, as a cold case, a 2000 year old cold case. And so he investigates, you know, the, and like his main point in the, in the stand is that he determined that these, um, uh, gospels contain the eyewitness, real eyewitness accounts. And it's like, yeah, again, it's, it's just the same thing where it's like just so clearly for the audience's sake. Um, it makes no sense within the story. Like, again, he's a homicide detective. He, all you have to do is bring in one, just ancient historian Mm. who can say that he speaks for um, the general consensus among historians that Jesus was a guy, a historical figure who existed. It's completely uncontroversial fact. You could get that, you know, that, that historian to just, you know, um, say the statistics on how many historians agree on this and how many disagree like mm. that's who you bring in that's what an expert witness does they talk about their expertise that's <laughs> all they're allowed to do and a guy who writes a popular level book on something that is not in the area of expertise is mm. not isn't cannot be an expert witness oh it's just yeah just the absolute worst i hated it so much so 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 much very
3: no no subtlety like a yeah any 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 redeeming uh, <laughs> if any qualities of sub substories in this film i always felt like obviously it's Tristan touched on the um, the martin guy's uh, subplot I, I i found it funny with the, the tiny little development of the lawyer like how he came in the end yeah. of the film he comes in in a suit and uh, new shoes
0: <laughs> what was that even about <laughs> It's like uh, okay, so yeah, the climax of this film is basically that they're pretty much convinced the defense Grace is pretty much convinced that she's gonna lose this oh, court case. Oh my god. Because yes. um, they've they've found out about the conversation between Grace and Brooke at the beginning of the film in which Grace had explicitly proselytized to Brooke. And that has come to light because Brooke was put on the witness stand and revealed this piece of information. And so, as a result, Grace and her lawyer are pretty much convinced that they're going to lose the case. And so, Grace's lawyer's cunning plan is to dress up in a fancy three-piece silk suit with fancy shoes. And he stands up and he's like, I wish to call to the witness stand, Grace Wesley. And then she's like, wait, what? Do I have to? And then he's like, because she was resistant, I'm going to treat her as a hostile witness. And the judge is like, yeah, sure, man. Cool. Sure. (laughs) The judge is
2: just like, yeah, this doesn't look like something they colluded
0: to do behind, like, this doesn't look look like a plan they came up with themselves last (laughs) night. Yeah. And so then he, like, cross examines her, like, she's going to say, you can't handle the truth at the end of this scene. (laughs) Like, it's just this absolute um farce of a quote of a oh, it is drama. so so
2: unbelievably overdramatic, over-dramatic and it, and well. it's like and it's a terrible plan that makes no sense yeah, make and sense. also like basically he 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 basically tries to just get it's very reminiscent of the um of the scene in God's Not Dead One where like Josh is sort of just questioning the the um mm. the the professor but it's in reverse like where the mm. the person being questioned is a christian and he's basically trying to just get her to reveal that how
0: how incredibly christian she is or something yeah she's um, ba- he's basically cross examining her to get her to admit she, she's like Oh, yeah, yeah, so it references back to her salvation story of the billboard outside yeah. the church. He says, you believe that you had a, a one-on-one relationship with God and that God spoke to you. What yeah. did God say to you? Or, like, yeah, what did God say to you? He said, oh, oh, he said, who it's... do you say I am? And he says, and who do you say he is? And he says, you are the Christ, my Lord and Saviour. Or something, you know, something along uh, those lines. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, like, um... I rest my... your witness. Like, just... Being antagonistic, uh. and then the way that it's explained later, because they obviously find her not guilty, or they find in favour of her, is that um, it's like the the bad lawyer is like, oh, he won because he became exactly what, <laughs> uh, you know, they expected us to be. Like, he, they really played into the institution. Yeah. They made the jury hate everyone but her. Like, yeah. this whole playing the system and making it seem as though the whole system's against her and making her super sympathetic.
2: Yeah. Which is kind of what this movie tries to do. <laughs> um, but, but like, uh, cause the other thing is like, after he gets the answer out of her on the stand that he wants, he just starts rattling off to the jury, all of his thoughts about this. Right. Oh, yeah. And the yeah. judge and the judge is like, you're out of order. Like you can't like, because you know, and the, the, uh, the, the plaintiff is like, you know, uh, objection, you know, the defense attorney is testifying, like, which he's mm. not allowed to do. And I'm just like, dude, what purpose does this serve? You can, you're allowed to say all of this stuff in your closing statement. Just mm. like, wait two minutes. This is your last <laughs> witness. Just wait two minutes and then say all of this yeah. in your closing statement. Instead but, and you'll the you'll be totally of the like, of court. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous! It's just yeah. an insufferable scene. I ha- oh, I couldn't yeah. stand it. It's like it.
0: let's lock them all up. Let's make it so that it's illegal, and then if it's then take their property and pay it, and make them pay fines. If they don't want to, <laughs> if they they resist, then kill them. Let's just kill every <laughs> Christian because that's what you're effectively doing. If you oh. t- find in favor of the state, is that you're oh. killing every Christian? Yeah. Wait, was, was that in response
1: to Jay's question about
3: something good in the film? <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to, I was just trying to, you know, put some light on his amazing soap opera acting. But you know, we can go there. I think and that was, was a um, fun scene. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was good. It was good.
2: Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was unbearable. No, no. <laughs> and then, just and then he so ends
3: with uh, the whole film court scene. Just ends with the, the the enemy lawyer. Let's call him. Just like going to the lawyer and just being like. Nice shoes <laughs> <What's> yeah, <on? laughs>
2: I did like that I did like that yeah. That was uh, That was uh, Nice touch yeah. Because he says Earlier on to him Nice shoes But he says it Sarcastically mm. Um <laughs> then later the shoes on he said, then I
1: like the shoes I, I think know.
2: they weren't Shiny enough Because okay. just before that The You know The prosecuting lawyer Has Uh has um, been getting his shoes shined Because that's the kind of guy he is He's the, the kind of guy that trope. Just has no problem getting a guy To, to shine his shoes mm. Yeah what well, an um. awesome
0: <laughs> and then the one, my other one favorite line is when the bad lawyers are all debriefing and they're saying like, "Ah, oh, he did this and he did this and this is how he won." And then like the female lawyer checks <laughs> in yeah. and she's like, "Yeah, and they also proved the existence <laughs> oh, God. of God, uh, <laughs> No, of no, no, Jesus, of Jesus. They proved the existence of Jesus." It, in in that
1: exact scene, he has his second legal aide who's the the dude. Who I don't think speaks yeah. a single mm. word for the entire movie, but speaks like mm. one sentence at that point, and he yeah. sounds really Irish or something. Yeah. Or so Irish people
3: are evil, apparently. What did he just do? <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, <so sighs> let's let's move
1: on to our traditional ranking segments where we. One
2: more thing. Early on. note I just I wrote down was. Uh, um, was uh, Chekhov's Declaration of Independence? <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh no, uh, does it doesn't. <laughs> um, it's so, think It does because uh, so basically, um, Sabrina in the in that in the in the controversial classroom scene, she's talking. She's like, "Oh no, it's a different scene." Basically, early on in the movie, she's like just reading something about the Declaration of Independence to her her um, class, and I was like. Yeah, that's definitely going to come up again, because <laughs> um, this movie is about America and American values, oh. and and I think late, I think towards the end, the um, the uh, no, it's in his opening statements. The um, the defense attorney, he's like holding a copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. I think. Oh. Uh, yeah. Also, Chekhov's Bible, mm. um, because that that Bible comes up again. Mm. Um, beautiful. All right.
1: So, with our rank er, rating segments, we uh, classic first rating segment segment is the salvation test, i.e., does a character realize they're a sinner in need of a savior who is Jesus, and do they find that out by the process of an evangelistic conversation?
0: Uh, yes, yes, with Brooke, <laughs> Brooke and Martin.
2: Yes, yep. in a terrible like. Also, another thing about that scene is um, I just you know never mind who cares doesn't matter <laughs> that should be the subtitle of
1: God's
3: <laughs> Not Dead. <laughs> <laughs> honestly cares, there are cares, so
2: many points in this whole episode where <laughs> I just feel like saying oh who even cares doesn't matter <laughs> this movie this uh, movie doesn't nothing about this movie matters
3: because apparently the next film is called uh, God's Not Dead Light in the Darkness but <laughs> in <laughs> the fifth film uh, movie yeah. God's Not Dead <laughs> who
2: cares <laughs> it who cares? doesn't matter
0: <laughs> <laughs> God's not dead, who cares? It doesn't matter. (laughs) This
2: has a sentence, it's so Um, funny. That's what, isn't that what happened with God's Not Dead 2, though? Like, they didn't even bother with a subtitle to a subheading to this movie. Like, it really feels like it needs one, and it's just like, no, it's just God's Not Dead 2. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's not very creative at all. Mm, Uh, <laughs> but yes, this movie passes the salvation test well and truly. Mm. Does anyone Oh, the other thing though is that the the the, uh, the defense lawyer, when he's questioning Lee Strobel and the, the the detective guy, you just see like visible amazement in his <laughs> like you can just see like when the when the apologists are just going running through all their evidence, you can see um, the lawyer just being like Oh, wow. <laughs> like he's, he's kind of like taken aback. Like you can see that he's on like a path to, to accepting. Oh, mm. okay. Maybe Jesus, maybe Jesus really is real. Maybe God does love me. Maybe God could love a guy like me. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's like just the earnestness in his face is just so stupid and dumb and annoying mm. to look at. Maybe God's um, not dead. <laughs> <laughs> <It> doesn't matter. <laughs> This is the title of the that's episode. what i'm gonna put that's what i'm gonna put as the title of this episode <laughs> yeah, yeah, god's it. not dead too colon who cares it doesn't matter <laughs> oh, Perfect. Uh, also you. just Sorry. on that note on that note like with martin martin the chinese exchange student there's a bit where he's talking to pastor dave about the beatitudes where Jesus is like, um, you know, do this and do that. Love your enemies, love your neighbor. And, and Martin's just like, um, like, how is that possible? How could I do that even for one day, let alone an entire, my, my entire life? And if I can't, and, if, like, and then he's like... What and then is how do that? I like, reconcile
0: my inability yeah. to do that with scripture? <laughs> to which Pastor like, Dave should replied, who cares? It doesn't matter. <laughs> No, what he should say is
2: like, that's right. I have never seen you before. It's true that the Bible has an answer to your question.
1: (laughs) Uh, Um, Lachlan, would you like to take us through the next reading segment?
2: Okay. So the next test is called the way of the master test. It's the, uh, it's uh, since we're in the first episode of season two, um, uh, for those who aren't familiar, it's uh, it's inspired by a, a sort of YouTube series by a couple of apologists. One of them being Kirk Cameron, so. of Fireproof fame. The other be <laughs> the other being a Kiwi guy called Ray Comfort, or Wayne. No, Ray Comfort. Anyway, Ray Comfort? Uh, it asks it okay. asks. <laughs> Does an atheist character unwittingly talk themselves into a trap of their own logic, revealing the bankruptcy of their worldview? For bonus points, in doing so, do they also, in an impassioned outburst, accidentally betray their true underlying psychology, which is that they hate God and people? (coughs) Um, The atheist lawyer, um, the the bad lawyer, um, he, um, he just sets up his own trap and walks into it by just just, just straight out bragging at how much he hates Christians um, in a scene where he's talking to the defense lawyer. He's just like, I hate Christians, basically is what he says. All right. Yes.
1: Mm. All right. The next uh, segment we have is the Bechtel test. It asks whether a work features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man. The requirement that the two women must be named is sometimes added. I'm pretty sure...
0: Yeah. Oh, yes. It yeah. yeah. does uh, definitely passes it a few times. Melanie? Yep. Yep, Brooke and Melina. Uh, have, have a few conversations. Brooke and Grace. Do Brooke
3: Who's Melina? Oh, Marlene, yeah. Marlene, sorry. Um, oh, yeah.
2: Also, Marlene, Brooke yeah, yeah. and the principal. Yeah. Uh, they're talking about a female yeah. character. Um, wow, mm-hmm. this movie passes that test with and flying
0: colours. The journalist and... The My journalist also, also talks
1: to Grace um shortly during the trial, and yes. i I posited in the group chat that the journalist has some kind of like uh, social disability because she's like very she she d- does a lot of things where she kind of hangs around on scene without emoting a lot. and in that scene <laughs> she stands outside Grace's car and she's like, off the record, is what you said. Do you you believe in what you said? And Grace is like, I do. And then Grace gets into her car and then starts up her car to drive and the reporter lady is just standing there staring at her the whole time while she gets into her car. Not moving. It was just edited, but it just looks like she was just
2: intently like the Terminator. The one other thing I wrote about that was um, uh, uh, early on in the movie, my note was will the reporter have time for cancer this time around? (laughs) Because it's just got a scene of her. Well, the the answer answer was was no. uh, Oh my gosh, I guess cancer doesn't have time for her. (laughs) She doesn't have cancer anymore. She kind of seems to want cancer in a weird way. I found that scene confusing. (laughs) And
1: our next, uh, next rating segment, which is a classic... Based on the first movie. Oh. It's the Join the Movement Test. Does the film have a call to action in the end credits? Gentlemen. Uh, boy, does it. Yeah, it says to, to, to open your phone, text everyone on your friends list and say, God's not dead too. Who cares? doesn't matter.
3: Uh,
0: what was the... <laughs> What if there was, the, there, there was a call to action? No, there, there is. Like, like, it's literally wow. said... Like,
2: at the end credits, it literally says, join the movement, text everyone... <laughs> <laughs> text everyone God's not
0: dead. Says it. <laughs> uh,
2: it, says, it just says, text everyone, cares? you know, God's not dead, he's surely alive. He's living um, on the inside. It's, I think it's not as, as big a call to action as in the first one, where it also it happens like, in the movie on your friend's as well as in the end credits. <laughs> in this it only happens in the end credits, but in the first one it also happens with the duck dynasty guy ju- at the end of the movie. Um mm. during the newsboys concert. Right. But yeah, <sighs> so it 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 passes oh, flying colors. Yeah.
1: It Those literally cool says something
0: to do with like being in the public square or something or like will be free or something or like free Christ or huh? like there's a call to action in the end credits about post on social media.
2: Yes. Oh, yes, yes. You're right, Tristan. It says, um, I wrote it down after it says text everyone, you know, God's not dead. He's surely alive. Then it says connect all your friends with the "Gods Not Dead" two conversation by posting "Silence is the enemy of truth." That's it. I will make Jesus known. Hashtag the human right. The human right. That's it. Which obviously must be the human members of the right wing. Is that what he's <laughs>
0: <that's talking about? laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I think what that's referring to is, for some reason, the defence attorney in the proceedings of the of the uh, trial says isn't the most basic human right of all to believe yeah to which I say I thought it was something to do with eating food and drinking water but you know you do you man
3: <laughs> uh,
0: all right. good old Maslow's hierarchy of rights <laughs> yes. the very bottom of is... hierarchy of
1: gods not dead <laughs> <laughs> of gods that aren't dead who well, cares it doesn't matter Alright, uh, so our next segment is uh, a resource, not product placement test. Is the plot of a film centered around a book or a product of some kind that exists in the real world? In particular, does the release of the product, brackets, resource, coincide with the release of the film?
3: I'm guessing the Newsboys had like a song about persecution that they kept singing in the end.
2: <laughs> oh yeah,
1: That's I
3: think... Oh, they did they Oh totally yeah, did. I totally yeah.
2: I think that's totally Yeah, like it, the, the the movie Ends with I, Like, the movie ends Of course With a Newsboys concert um, And um, <laughs> Which maybe we'll talk about more In the God's Not Listening segment But But I did I did write down like Oh yes, I, I can't wait For this movie to end With um, With the Newsboys song God's Not Dead 2 <laughs> I would love it If they wrote a song called God's Not Dead 2 <laughs> <laughs> um, but, wait, what were we doing? Oh yeah, so I yeah, think there's a resource. new song Seems to be a new song, probably Who cares though, it doesn't matter um, <laughs> But there's definitely uh, There's uh, A couple of things, so one is that In the end credits, after the call to action There is a resource placement Where it says um Uh, from like it says this movie is inspired by the following legal cases where Americans were condemned for their faith Uh, lists a bunch of sort of Mm. brief summaries of these cases. All of the cases have this, this organization called alliances defending freedom.org that were involved with the case. I think the same thing, takes place in the credit in the end credits of the first movie. Um, And it's the same Alliance, I think. Um, And so it says, you know, it gives you the website and it's like, if you have been, you know uh, if you've had your freedom of religion impinged on like contact, you know, the Alliance of of free, the Alliance defending freedom. Um, But then the other two big product placements are Lee Strobel's, the case for Christ. And, uh, what's his name's Cold Case Christianity or whatever mm. that detective guy? There's also guy.
0: Messiah Myth something else. Oh yeah, Man Myth Messiah Man, or myth, something. Messiah. Yeah. which is not. It's kind of just put
2: there, but it doesn't. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind just of, just subtle just like sort of subtle. It's subtle, but it's referenced in
0: the opening credits as well. I think, or I think it's like uh, consult consultant such and such author of Man Myth Messiah, and then the book is like. Oh. He grace hands her lawyer the book while they're tr- like you know before the montage of them trying to get prove mm. Jesus existed um yeah, so uh, I'd say it passes, but the uh
2: the movie doesn't coincide with the release of the resource unless that that um that got that newsboy's song coincides with the release of the movie, which it who knows, and who cares who
0: cares mm. <laughs> it doesn't matter it doesn't really matter. Really matter. Yeah. There's more to say right. on the, uh, on the legal side right. of things, um, about how they're all mm. just, none of them really have, they're all way more cut and dry things, but it doesn't mm. matter. So,
2: okay. <laughs> I, this is something. <laughs> no, Lachlan, First of all, you didn't yes, hear me. It... I said it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't... No, you're absolutely right. It doesn't matter. Also, who cares?
3: That's
0: the
2: next
1: so back screen. to the
3: product placement. <laughs> Yes,
1: there, there was a resource and that was yes. illegal. Passes <laughs> the test. Kind of yep.
0: Yeah.
1: Next, next up is, God's not listening. The ultimate How, resource
0: is the Constitution of America.
1: The Declaration of <laughs>
0: Independence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, How, what did people think about the score slash soundtrack?
0: Totally. F- uh, actually, there was... Um, really the only time that I noticed it was during the uh, opening remarks from both the lawyers in the court case where it just like when the opening plaintiff lawyer um, was giving his thing about every, like just giving his opening remarks it was just so sinister and like <laughs> mm. oh yeah <laughs> and then it right was there. like sort
2: of it was, it was it almost sounded like music from like the situation room in the mm. White House in the Pentagon or something like we're at war here like yeah
0: but other than that, it's yeah, p- pretty fine and inoffensive.
3: I'll say I'll, t- I'll say it's not mm. okay. Keep in mind, it's like reference uh, reference to Tristan's earlier um, reference about the difference between standing in a sewer and a horse table <laughs> I think like in terms of soundtracks, yeah, I think it's actually okay. It wasn't not not too much CCM cheesy um, yeah. background music.
0: Yeah, they uh, weren't really even at the CCM end. You know, montages. I guess
3: if you really wanna. Go to the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, the Newsboys soundtrack in the end. You know, but still, I think it was tastefully done, I guess, for what it's worth, you know, with this movie. I mean, you're not going to expect a Chris Snowden kind of mm. soundtrack from this. Um,
2: the, uh, what, the, the song at the end credits, um, I think after the Newsboys song has, has finished, there's another song that plays, which is actually by... The song is by Hayley Orentia, who is the actress who plays Brooke. Oh,
1: I is this the Persecution
3: song?
2: I just oh, yeah, no, sorry, goes. different one. So, <laughs> it's, sort of, it's sort of a song about, like, sort of standing up for what you believe in or something. Like, if you don't change, nothing will change or something. Like, I couldn't quite tell what the, what the song was getting at. It was sort of, at least semi-related. Not necessarily a good song, but she has a good voice. And the song wasn't terrible. She has a really good voice.
3: Oh, uh, song's called "Silence You."
2: Yeah, probably. So obviously,
3: the liberals are trying to silence <laughs> her. Yeah,
2: yeah. Silence is the enemy of truth, guys. And the <laughs> and the other thing, just with music, is uh, the Newsboys are inexplicably, unbelievably prominent in this movie. And also, the movie ends with that reporter chick, just um like. Uh, just, she calls the newsboys and then the newsboys guy, they're playing in a concert. He picks up the phone and he doesn't talk to her. He just addresses the crowd and talks about her while she's on the phone. And she's just on the other end, just smiling. What? <laughs> like, I do not understand any, and it's basically, he's like talking about like the, how great it is that they won the court case or whatever and make sure you stand up for what you believe in or something
3: oh no no it was actually i think wasn't it because she was uh, it was literally right before the jury came out and um he was like oh yeah hey guys we need to pray for our sister or something she's being persecuted for her faith
0: oh okay yeah 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 yeah. um this concert that's taking place at 2 p.m on a tuesday
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's full
1: so of yeah It's
0: taking
2: place in <laughs> business hours so many Christians. During court hours Like <laughs> It's like But it was also really funny Because um, after the court case Brooke is talking to Sabrina And like Sabrina's like um, You know uh just go go and share the good news And she starts running out And then it cuts to a Newsboys concert I'm like oh my god Is she gonna <laughs> run to the Newsboys concert And share the good news at the Newsboys
1: she concert She's gonna get hit by a car on the- <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh man if that lawyer had gotten hit by a car oh, On his way to a Newsboys oh, yes. concert That would have been a chariot
1: <laughs> <laughs> On his way to a Newsboys concert
2: That's one Ooh. To it's credit This movie does not feature a culmination of all the characters storylines meeting mm. at the point of a car crash unlike the other two um movies by these writers that we've seen mm.
0: so learnt you know, their
2: mistakes they've learned some things yeah. um, straight
0: yeah the only oh, car the crash in this film is the all of it <laughs> <laughs> is the, the movie. beginning
1: the middle and the writing <laughs> All right. Uh, does anyone have any favorite quotes?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, well, so uh, one quote is, um, isn't that sort of like what Jesus meant when he said we should love our enemies? <laughs> Just wow. Um, yeah. Another quote. Okay. The, the, uh, Sabrina's grandpa. He was a character I actually did quite like, and there's yeah. a bit where he says, "I swear, Grace, if you don't start feeding me better, I'm gonna leave you for a nursing home." <laughs> oh, that was cute. <laughs> that is pretty good. Was pretty good fun. line. That's like somebody wrote that. Mm. <laughs> like, Evan, unlike all the other things that were just churned out by like a robot. I think mine's evil lawyer
1: saying, "We will definitively prove that God is dead." <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, mm.
0: good lord. Oh, actually, one of my other favorite quotes is the throwback to uh, the first movie, where they find that the 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 car wash attendant or the mechanic that had caused the car rental guy guy from the first movie, which I can't be bothered explaining it because it doesn't matter. But in the first film, there was just difficulties with uh, cars and the pastors, and he makes a a repeat uh, (laughs) cameo in this film. As a waiter, because he, quote, wasn't cut out for customer service. (laughs) To which the (laughs) pastors responded, so he decided to become a waiter. Um, (laughs) And then he talks about how he he waits during the morning and then practices his theatre at night or something. Just ridiculous and nonsensical that doesn't matter at all. (laughs) Doesn't matter.
2: Doesn't (laughs) matter. Oh, yeah, like, there's another... Just really weird scene where um, those pastors, you know, they're sitting at the table and they and basically they have to they have to hand in this their sermons from the past three months to the government um, for review, which is like just so ridiculous. And that really is. That's just not a thing that happens. Yeah. Um, well, especially because you and- subpoena
0: something that isn't public record and sermons mm. more often than not are just public record. Yeah. Like they just posted Um, on the website of any regular church,
2: really. And like, um, and so, so then, the 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 uh, so Pastor Dave he goes in to to hand in his envelope with with his documents to the to this like you know this office somewhere in this nondescript city, and um, and the the low-level government worker just turns out to be really villainous. <laughs> like, he's just like, he says something <laughs> oh, about, like, yes. um, you know, uh, what is it? There's like, a if saying a, if a, if a, that
0: the squeaky wheel yeah, gets the oil, yes. but I have a saying that the <laughs> nail that sticks out gets hammered. Oh, <laughs> yes. like, this
2: is so hilarious. Like this low-level government worker who just seems <laughs> completely irrelevant and powerless in the scheme of things. Like is this guy sub- is kind of like it's kind of like the the guy who's just—he's not going to hand like his 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 worst superpower is that he won't hand in your your form that you handed in. Like he won't pass it on to the relevant people or mm. something. Like is this guy being set up as a villain. I think he um, is. I
0: think he is being set up as the villain for God's not dead. Theory, yeah, or at least one of them. Can- is-
2: which is, so that's the thing that, yeah, probably multiple villains and multiple protagonists. In, so we it's need, trying we to need be to... MCU. It's trying to <laughs> oh, establish that's the, the thing. So that whole storyline. So like that whole story. So basically what happens is Pastor Dave decides instead of handing in his sermons, he writes, a, he hands in a letter explaining why he's not going to hand in his sermons. Um, and, and, um, and that's what provokes the 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 low level government worker to just be so so um, hostile, um, hostile, and um, <laughs> so over the top, so hostile. over the top, just ridiculous. And like, it's not like the movie ends, and this plot line does not get resolved at all. And I didn't even notice that because nothing matters in this movie. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> and nobody then, cares. And
2: it's not until the end of the credits, after the credits. That there's an end credit scene, a Marvel style end credit scene where some police come and arrest Pastor Dave. And it's such a setup for like God's Not Dead 3. God's Not Dead
0: 3, Infinity War.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It really, it was just like such a, it's like, yeah, sure. Like um, definitely Marvel, which is good movies generally, they definitely have... Things that um, lead into an, a, fo- a, a sequel that's coming up. I wonder what aspect ratio those sequels are in. But um, <laughs> you, like it, you can do that, but you're not supposed to have an entire plot line that runs through the entire movie whose only purpose seems to be to lead into a sequel. Like and it has no tie to the to the main plot other than a thematic tie in. It's just <laughs> terrible
3: yeah which brings us back to uh yeah the movie soundtrack
2: (laughs) yes which is obviously what i was i was uh, leading back to there (laughs) oh yeah we need let's move on to drinking games shall we (laughs) drink every time there is a cartoonishly villainous low-level low-level government worker
3: (laughs) That drink I mean, every time
2: it. someone
1: asks a question, but in the perfect way to ask that question to set them up for an evangelical
3: response. Yes. Uh, finish your drink whenever the newsboys get on the phone with...
0: Oh, oh this Yeah. this journalist. Take a drink um, every time church and state is mentioned.
1: Waterfall when that whole children's choir is sing- singing. Oh, God. God. <laughs> oh, um,
2: Drink every time uh, Duck Dynasty gets a ma- gets a mention. <laughs> uh, drink every time nothing matters. <laughs> that's stupid
0: man. Waterfall oh, no. every time <laughs> nothing matters. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh,
1: drink every time someone mentions a tuna melt.
0: <laughs> drink every time uh, a new witness gets called.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, drink every time one of the 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 Vito Ajura. Mm. Drink every time Martin is on screen because his entire side plot is wasted on this movie. Mm. <laughs> I think that's about it for me.
0: Drink every time God isn't dead. <laughs> mm. That's a lot of times.
3: <laughs> what what of what of no finish your drink when they mention when they do the whole uh, when that what's it the magic Negro does. Um, all the, all, the way. God is good all the time and all the time God is good.
2: Oh, God. oh my gosh, that was actually, that was another favorite quote that I forgot to say, which is, um, he's, the quote is, if you need to talk, I'm actually a pastor.
3: <laughs> I, I sweep, no, no he, sta- no, he doesn't even say that, he starts, he starts by saying, by the way, I sweep the floor just to clear for fun or something like, just to clear my mind. He doesn't even start off with, I'm a pastor. Yeah. He just starts off with...
2: It's really... He, like, for some reason, he's like, if you need to talk, I'm actually a pastor. And then he's just kind of laughing after we <laughs> said that. And she's, that like, there. running <laughs>
0: away almost when <laughs> yeah. he says it. He's still, he looks so she creepy. Like turns away, she's like, oh, it's Pastor Dave here? No, okay. And turns around. He's like, actually...
2: I I sweep I sweep (laughs) because I feel lonely I sweep because it helps me think (laughs) Would you like to join me In this dark church while I sweep (laughs) Actually Do you know who
1: Pastor Dave is Because if not I'm Pastor Dave
2: (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever met Pastor Dave Do you know what he looks like (laughs) Okay
1: I'm Pastor Dave (laughs) right. uh, would God watch this movie? Nope. That's our next rating. No. I don't think
2: he would. God would not watch this movie in a million years or in an eternity. He wouldn't watch <laughs> this movie in... Yeah.
0: I'm so sick of thinking about The, the, the whole That's verse.
2: So,
0: <laughs> could God Jesus? make a movie so bad that he himself could not watch it?
3: Uh, the, well, Jesus as we know, saw this... Um, 2000 years ago, that he wept, and that's how you got the Bible verse. <laughs> Jesus wept, he didn't. It wasn't about Lazarus, it uh, no, <laughs> was that's actually that's about that. this movie coming up. He saw the future,
0: <laughs> he, he prophesied. Uh, I there's something real, a really sacrilegious joke that I could make, and I'm not going to.
3: I already just made a sacrilegious no, joke. No, mine,
0: so. <laughs> mine is exceedingly more sacrilegious, and I'm gonna hold my tongue. There you go,
1: for audio listeners. We're so tired of this movie that we're all taking turns to put our hands, head in our hands. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Final ratings.
1: Final, final segment is the "Is God Dead" segment. It is, uh, unlike what it sounds, it's not a heretical rating. It's just us trying to cram in as many jokes as we can before this podcast ends, <laughs> fellas. Is God dead? How would you rate this movie?
2: I find this movie guilty. <laughs> This movie friggin' sucks, and I hate it, and it's guilty of just... I just want this
0: movie to go to death row. I want this movie to not face just mercy.
2: Oh, yeah. Like, so, the craziest thing, guys, like, today, in preparation for today, I listened to our episode of Just Mercy in which we promised very decisively that we would do a Christmas episode which we did not do and I publicly apologize for that but (laughs) uh, more to the point so I watched so I listened to the our episode on Just Mercy which is you know like as it happens a legal drama (laughs) that is just so so much better than this so much better in every conceivable way and that, and the thing about uh, Just Mercy that we kept talking about was Restraint, <laughs> like that movie yep. had so much restraint, whereas this, uh, God's Not Dead 2 is just so full of just so much melodrama.
0: I give this film zero proclamations of God not being dead, out of a possible <laughs> lecture hall full of proclamations of God not being dead, out of a possible- I give this portal. zero
1: students standing up in their chairs. <laughs> to proclaim that God is not dead.
0: Zero Spartacus moments.
1: <laughs> I rate this movie one. I don't care out of her doesn't matter anyway.
2: <laughs> I rate this God. I rate this God's not dead
0: zero out of God's not dead two. <laughs> I, I give this movie
1: no tuna melts.
0: <laughs> oh, I give this movie zero weeks worth of sermons out of a possible thirteen weeks worth of sermons subpoenaed before the federal court.
1: Oh <laughs> <laughs> I read this movie, three out of 14 people found this interesting. <laughs> Alright, gentlemen. Yeah. Let's, let's wrap this bad boy up. Yeah. Does yep. anyone have anything they wish to plug?
2: I actually, uh, I actually genuinely released music a month ago now, I think. Was it a month? Uh, yeah, you should look me up on uh, Spotify, Lachlan Vines. Look me up on uh, Instagram, follow me, Lachlan Vines, listen to my music. It's good. Very good. I'd uh like to plug that John
1: May also released an album on the same day.
2: <laughs> so, As did Hillsong Young and Free. As
1: did Hillsong Young and Free.
2: I'm sure they got I'm sure they still got some streams, even
0: though they had to, they had to compete with me. <laughs> um I would like to plug uh Donda by Kanye West, which <laughs> by at this point will probably still not be out yet. But we're all holding out hope. Maybe by the time this podcast episode is released, it's out. And you can listen to it. Um, Because I sure haven't. I'd also like to plug a really, really good book that I read this week called The Buried Giant by Kazuo Ishiguro. Uh, It won the Nobel Prize for Literature and is Mm. just generally an amazing book. Um, If you like books and you're looking for something to read... The Buried Giant by Kazuo Ishiguro is an amazing medieval fantasy book um, that's all about memory and like Arthurian legend and stuff. And I would like mm. to plug that where I can.
2: I plug Just Mercy. Just watch that. If you want a if you want a, a legal drama that deals with Christian themes, watch that.
0: I'd like to plug uh, the Sydney lockdown for <laughs> making me very very rich. Um, <laughs> and meaning that I get $750 a week without having to do a lick of work. Thank you, Gladys <laughs> Berejiklian, for failing to be a premier.
2: I would like to plug my way underappreciated, uh, <laughs> satire post about Gladys Berejiklian the other day, <laughs> uh, which was actually, uh, a, a, a highly advanced piece of, of, Literary satire Which you should all um, Go and find On my Facebook
0: Rivals Clark and Door
1: Yep I, w- I would like to Plug uh, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad mm. Possibly One of two Good DC movies In existence In this recent Crop yeah. of DC it's movies probably the
0: best Marvel film to come out This year as well <laughs> <laughs> Yeah probably uh, but, but The
2: question is What aspect ratio Is it in <laughs> Well, it's not a sequel, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, well, it kind uh, of is. It's, uh, it's vague, is it? It's sequel, vague, sequel, isn't it? Reboot. Is it a it's sequel? Vague. Is it a reboot? Yeah. What is it? Okay. Bye. <laughs> don't care. did not watch. Don't care yeah. who <laughs> <laughs> we
1: said it was. <laughs> doesn't matter. Bye. Yeah, bye. Thanks for listening. Love, Love you. you. Check your I sequel. The
2: Z- Z- <laughs>
1: <laughs> socials are in details, descriptions.
2: <laughs> bye. Oh, yeah. <laughs>